Alabama fielded one of the greatest teams of all time in the 2020 college football season. I know it was the COVID year. Things were off and certainly different. But Mac Jones, Devonta Smith, and that whole squad was just unbelievable. I mean, Jalen Waddell was injured for much of the year, and Devonta Smith didn't matter to him. And he won the Heisman Trophy. You also, of course, had Najee Harris that year and a Pete Golding defense that was one of the best in his tenure with the Tide and an amazing offensive line as well. Ever since that 2020 season, though, where it looked like Alabama ran potentially a better offense than LSU did in 2019, things just haven't been the same. Alabama in 2021 and in 2022 was the preseason number one team both years. And both years, they did not live up to that. Now, they were very close in 2021. They finished number two after starting the year, ranked number one. And they stayed number one and within the top four for much of the year. But they looked sluggish. They played close games. They were outside of the top five in both points scored per game and points allowed per game which was the first for Alabama to be outside the top five in both scoring offense and defense for quite some time. They finished the year ranked third in the simple ranking system. They finished the year in both 2021 and in 2022, which we'll get to in a few seconds, ranked number two in ESPN's FPI behind Georgia. So they were talented. They certainly had the talent both this past season and the 2021 season to win it all. And they had Bryce Young, who was just a gamer and a point guard of a quarterback, and they still couldn't get it done because of terrible offensive line play, because of Bill O'Brien's play calling, and because of a defense that, look, was great for much of the Pete Golding era, but it was never truly elite, and it showed especially in 2022 when Tennessee, LSU, and Texas probably would have done similar if Quinn Ewers didn't get hurt, diced up Alabama and their secondary for much of the season. So now we're entering 2023. Alabama in 2021 went 13-2. and They nearly captured a national title, losing to Georgia by 15 in the national championship game. They beat Georgia by 17 in the SEC championship game, 41-24. to in 2022, they finished 11-2. and They were ranked 5th in the final polls as opposed to 2nd the year before. This time, they were 4th in the simple ranking system. They were inside of the top 5 in points per game on offense and inside the top 10 in defensive points per game. Those numbers were certainly puffed up by an impressive victory against Kansas State in the Sugar Bowl, but also the fact that their strength of schedule was just weaker in 2022 than it was in 2021. They had a top 10 strength of schedule in 2021, and they were outside the top 25 in their 2022 strength of schedule. And they lose most of their production. Alabama is well outside the top 100 in returning production. They obviously lose Bryce Young and Jameer Gibbs. Both were first-round picks to the NFL. And they lose many other players as well. You can't forget about Will Anderson on defense, who was snubbed from a Heisman Trophy, at least award appearance in the 2021 season. 
I'm a Michigan fan. I like Aiden Hutchinson, but Will Anderson, there was no doubt that he deserved to be there. And there were several others that departed as well. This season, this Alabama roster has a lot of players that have been on the roster and recruited by Nick Saban. Nick Saban has not gained many transfers via the portal. He has lost quite a bit, though. And there are some doubts surrounding the Alabama football program currently. I know a lot of people, even myself included, I will say, have them outside of the top four. They do not have Alabama as a college football playoff team. Me personally, I have questions at quarterback. I have questions on the offensive line. I have questions regarding the staff hires, regarding Tommy Reese as the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach, and Kevin Steele as the defensive coordinator. There are a lot of things that I'm excited to see what Nick Saban has answers regarding those questions. Alabama has the 55th transfer portal class this season. They currently have five commits, two four-stars, three three-stars. Trey Amos, Tyler Buckner, and Jalen Key are the three three-star commits. And then you have Tresman Marshall, who's coming from Georgia. He's a four-star linebacker commit. And C.J. Dupree, a four-star tight end commit, who came from Maryland. Dupree had 314 receiving yards last season, three receiving touchdowns, 30 receptions, and he averaged 10.5 yards per reception. His biggest game of the season was against Michigan, where he had three receptions for 49 yards and a touchdown. He also had a touchdown against Indiana and Ohio State on the year. He had another big game against the Ohio State Buckeyes, where Maryland played it close, just like they did with Michigan, but came up just short at the end of the game. So there are some impact transfers that are coming in, and obviously when you recruit at the level that Nick Saban has been recruiting at, Alabama had the number one recruiting class in 2020, the 2023 high school class, which is concluded, and they do have a decent transfer portal class to pair along with it. So you're always going to be in the national title slash college football playoff conversation if you're Alabama. There's absolutely no doubt about that. And I think that no one is questioning whether they can win a national championship this year. They can. The questions are, will they? That's the question. They have far and away enough talent to win a national championship this year. There's no doubt about that. You have four and five stars everywhere. This roster is always is loaded. The question isn't about the roster. And although a lot of people are talking about Nick Saban, and Nick Saban, let's face it, he's old. Everyone ages. Everyone has a finite lifespan. Sooner or later, Nick Saban will sadly pass on from the world of college football. It'll be a, a sad day, in even my opinion, whether you love him or hate him, what he's done at Alabama, LSU, Michigan State, anywhere he's been has had success, except for the Miami Dolphins. But the NFL game is different than the college game. He has been the best coach in college football history. There's no doubt about that. The questions, I think, are mainly regarding the staff and the fact that Bill O'Brien, Pete Golding, and some members of the Alabama staff might have left this team in a bit of a pickle, and that might be an understatement. 
there is an intense quarterback battle that's going on right now. All all hands are on deck regarding this quarterback battle, whether it's Jalen Milrow, Ty Simpson, Tyler Buckner, Dylan Lonergan, Eli Holstein. There are five guys who could win the job. Now, in my personal opinion, I think Jalen Milrow takes the cake. He's the most athletic, and if you can get him to at least be an average passer with his running ability, Alabama will be a threat. If he's just an above-average passer or a good passer, watch out. He could be a Heisman Trophy candidate and one of the best quarterbacks in college football. I think going with him, even though maybe Buckner could be a better passer, Early on, Milrow has the higher ceiling, and this team is just built to run the football. So why not add another guy who can run it? I mean, Jace McClellan and Roydell Williams, that's the SEC's best running back room. And Justice Haynes, who was a five-star recruit at running back, he could make contributions as well. So this running back room is deep. The quarterback room is deep. There's just no proven player there. None. And from the looks of the spring game and reports and the fact that Tyler Buckner came in, we can only make the assumption, whether we're Alabama fans or outsiders of the program, college football fans, whatever, that there are questions and concerns for this quarterback room. I would like to believe it's going to be top 20, top 25, but seeing the fact that Bryce Young was a generational talent and that Jalen Milrow and Ty Simpson are young, unproven, and in the limited playing time Milrow has had, he's an elite runner but not a good passer, I'd say that until proven otherwise, I don't even know if I'm comfortable saying this is a top 25 quarterback room. The offensive line has questions as well, but J.C., Latham, and Tyler Booker, Seth McLaughlin is the projected starting center, and then on the other side, the left side of the line, you have Darian Dalcourt and Elijah Prichett. These are all highly recruited players players that, if they can be developed, will be starting on the field on Sundays. So there is questions at offensive line, quarterback, wide receiver. I like Ja'Cory Brooks. Ja'Cory Brooks, I think, is a great wide receiver. Almost 700 receiving yards, eight receiving touchdowns. He was 30th nationally in average yards per reception with 17.3 with only 39 receptions didn't fumble, and is a, look, he's a good wide receiver. My problem is the overall depth in this room. You have Ja'Cory Brooks, and then Malik Benson, who's an, who's an incoming Juco transfer, I believe, and Isaiah Bond. Those are the projected three starting wide receivers. Jermaine Burton, according to rlads.com, and this is as of June 1st, is currently number two on the depth chart, which I think is a refreshment if you're talking about an upgrade Jermaine Burton has not lived up to the hype that came with him when he transferred in from Georgia, and all around, he was a big part of Alabama's issues at wide receiver last year. So this room does have questionable depth when it comes to the talent that Alabama's used to. Look out for Ja'Cory Brooks. Malik Benson had elite seasons at Juco. We'll see if it transfers over, but my bet is that it will, that he will be a good wide receiver. Just when you look at past Alabama wide receiver rooms, whether it's Devonta Smith, Henry Ruggs, Jalen Waddell, whether you look at other players as well, even John Mechie III, 
Jamison Williams, and past elite wide receiver rooms when Alabama wasn't running the spread and they like to run the ball more, which is what Tommy Reese is trying to get this team back to. But guys like Calvin Ridley, you don't see many of these elite wide receivers. I don't even know if you see any guys who compare to the names that I just mentioned. I don't think you have a Jamison Williams or a John Mechie third. Now, maybe I'm wrong on that, but the passing game certainly has a lot of questions surrounding it. In fact, the passing game's biggest strength outside of Ja'Cory Brooks might be the tight end C.J. Dupree. But the run game, with Jalen Milrow, Roydell Williams, Chase McClellan, and an offensive line that I think will be better compared to the 2021 and 2022 units, this team will be good at running the football. They'll be better at running the football than Alabama has for the past two seasons. On defense is where I expect some return to quote-unquote normalcy. And that's because you got Caleb Downs, Malachi Moore, Kool-Aid McKinstry, who is one of the best corners in the SEC this past season, and also highly recruited players Jalil Hurley, Tony Mitchell, transfer portal addition Jalen Key, and Trey Amos, who is projected to be the corner opposite of Kool-Aid McKinstry. At linebacker, Tresman Marshall is projected to start, and Dallas Turner, who's a great linebacker, also returns. This defense, with Kevin Steele as its DC, I'm not expecting anything elite, but I'm expecting more of a return or a transition back to those traditional game-of-inches Alabama defenses that we used to see, rather than the defenses under Tosh Lupoi or Pete Golding that were spread defenses to pair with the spread offense that never truly reached their elite potential. So... The identity of this team, I think Saban's returning more so to his roots, possibly reacting to Georgia and Michigan by record have been the most successful teams by win percentage over the past two years. And what do they run? They run a pro spread. Michigan and Georgia took the best of the spread, the best of the pro style, and merged them together. Georgia last year even went to a point where they passed for over 4,000 yards and made Stetson Bennett into one of the nation's best quarterbacks, and they were still able to run it. And then Michigan, they had the best rushing attack in the nation last year with a great offensive line. So I think Saban's adapting, and I think this is a good sign that he's not stuck in his ways, like some people think, but there are so many weaknesses to a certain degree, like quarterback play, wide receiver depth, and then I'd say defensively on the D-line, you got new players and on the offensive line, the past two seasons haven't been kind. There are enough questions in the trenches and at skill positions to make a safe assumption, bet, or prediction that Alabama won't make the playoff again for the second year in a row. And I don't think they'll win the national title. But they can, certainly. And the reason they can, and this shocked me, they, they have a 90% blue chip ratio. Nick Saban's 2023 roster has a 90% blue chip ratio. What that means is 90% of Nick Saban's roster are ranked as four-star players or higher, which is crazy. That, that, that is the most talented roster by the blue chip ratio statistic or measurement. That's the most talented roster in college football history. So there's a part of me that's reading this to you guys and looking at the roster and saying, even though there are a lot of unproven players, Alabama could totally come out guns blazing 
and shock us all, especially with their running back room. And if, look, Jalen Milrow, if he can develop and just get an average, above average, good passing game, not a great or elite one, and I said this in a video that I did on him, he could be a Lamar Jackson type player. And I don't know if it's going to be this year or next year, but I'm at least staying with my prediction that he'll be the starting quarterback and that he'll be a good quarterback. I don't know if he'll live up to the Heisman prediction I made early this winter. I'm kind of, you know, withdrawing from that for now. Maybe I'll come back to it if I hear something in summer camp or he looks good in the fall games. But he's a good quarterback. I think he fits this roster the best, and he has the highest ceiling. So if Nick Saban wants to win a national championship this year, this is just my humble opinion, start Milrow, McClellan, and Royda Williams. Right there, you have one of the deadliest, most dynamic rushing attacks in the country, and that's even before you factor in the O-line, just given how athletic those three are. And then this secondary could be the best secondary in the country, too, with Caleb Downs, Malachi Moore, Kool-Aid McKinstry, Trey Amos, and um, Earl Little II. So Alabama can certainly win a national title. The question is, will they? And we will see because Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, you get even Clemson who made a huge Garrett Riley hire, LSU, Florida State. There are many names that people say are in the mix this year. This year could be another year of chaos, or maybe Alabama shuts everyone up and wins it all. We'll see, and I can't wait to find out. Thank you guys for tuning in. Please subscribe, like the video, comment your thoughts down below, and if you're listening via Spotify, please follow the channel. Have a great day, guys.